Welcome to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there is anything in this message that you would like to talk about further, please go to our website, www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org. So I've only got five, five short questions, and the reason why I felt I think God has been leading me into this is because I can be sitting up there, uh, sitting up the front and being able to do different expressions of hope and what hope is. But I believe that God lays things on people's hearts that only they can tell them their story. Only they can tell their experience. And that's what I've asked these guys to do, is just to say their life experience, what they've experienced, and we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah? So I'm going to ask these um, five questions, then I'm going to pray for you. Is that okay for you? And then we'll go from here. So the first question is, come over, come over, don't bite much. So first question is, um, what does hope mean to you? I have a different view on hope. My hope is something that I look forward to or something that I like, really want to happen. I put all my faith into it and everything and like, that's what it means to me is to put all my faith into something. Fantastic. Number two, has there been a moment in your life where hope was lost and can you share? I think so. I don't have a, I don't have the best memory. Um, I lost a lot of my hope when I was a child. So growing up in a family, I didn't have a father. Um, really, he was living up here. We were living five hours away from here for four years. So I didn't have a really have the father figure in the house. So I lost a lot of hope with growing up, like being around people and like being around guys in particular because I had a bad experience. So. Okay. In your life, have you experienced hopelessness turn into hope? And can you share? Don't know. We'll move forward then. If hope was in human form, what characteristic would that person, in your in your view, have? Kindness. Kindness. Sweet. Fantastic. And last one. Can you share with us a memory of joy at Christmas? Every Christmas is joy to me. We Every have, Christmas. We have a big family, um, but most of the time. So we have family that live in Melbourne. We have family that live in Queensland. Um, and that family that we can't actually like get to that live in New South Wales. But we all come together on Christmas night and we all spend Christmas night together. So spending time as a family yep. brings joy. Fantastic. Give it up for Elizabeth. <laughs> so something that I should have said, asked you before is how old are you? How long have you been at this church? And, um, and how long have you been a youth leader for? I'm 19. I've been at this church since 2000, the end of 2015. I've been a youth leader for a year. Fantastic. Give it up for us. Let me pray, and then I'm going to invite our next guest up. Lord, I thank you for who you are to Elizabeth. Lord, I just pray that um, you see her, that she knows that you see her, and that as she takes these next steps, Lord, that she is able to feel your presence in every step that she makes. Lord, I just pray that her past doesn't hold her back from seeing your love, your kindness, and your movement in her heart. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll take that off you. And the next person I'm going to invite up 
is a lovely lady by the name of Bainley. So same questions, Bainley. First I'm going to ask is, can you share with us how long you've been at church and your family, uh, how many have we got here and things like that. Share us just a little bit about yourself. Okay. My family and I have been in this church for almost two years. We entered the church 2018 January and we are still here. We are a family of five, but usually you guys when they say four of us here, our son is a teenager that he still want to know what is happening in the world. Yeah, but we are family of five and we are expecting to be family of six because we have our older daughter overseas. Oh, I will wow. pray that she join us hopefully next year. Oh, how good is that? So, yeah. Fantastic. All right, so same five questions. What does hope mean to you? All right, for me, hope, when I think of the word hope, it means an expectation for me. And having an expectation with the desire to get something good out of what you are thinking of. And you are doing it out of confidence. Especially as a Christian, when you are hoping on something, you hope on something with a confidence that what I'm hoping of will happen. Especially when you are a Christian. So hope for me is an expectation that you desire for something good to happen to you. For you, yeah. How good is that? All right, number two is... Has there been a moment in your life where hope was lost? And can you share? Yeah, actually, that was a big moment in my life that I lose hope. Like, I would just share it with the church. Like, when I have, I was pregnant with my last daughter, Christine. It was a healthy pregnancy, and we were not expecting any changes that were going to happen. But... At the time of birth, I have to undergo CZ recession. That was the first CZ recession I ever had for my kids. And it was a lose of hope when the child came with that same John, the treasure garden same John. So I actually lose hope because in having that child, we had a lot of preparation, family, friends. Everyone was expecting right after the birth of Christine, they were going to be like a big body for the whole Oh yeah, doing our, in our culture way and what I feel. When it happened with all that, not only me, the entire families and friends lose hope at that moment. And to rebuild that hope, it was a process for the entire family. Because the process of looking after Christine, it was a very lengthy years, and up to this time we are still going through looking after her. So we lose hope for me, I lose hope at that moment. Even my husband, his one was more than my one. Because we were not expecting that, as I said. For me, hope is what I'm expecting in a positive way, you know, for, as a good outcome. So that was the moment. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. Number three, in your life, have you experienced hopelessness turn into hope? Can you share? Definitely. It did turn into hope and it did turn into joy. Because as I was coming up, as I'm a... I'm a I grew up with the expectation of becoming someone great, and people always put that trust in me. Like when it comes to education, my parents always look forward to me, and I grew up learning to become someone great to inspire people. So when it comes to education wise, I was more focused to achieve a higher education. So my coming year, everyone back home expected me to get a higher education because of the upbringing of me from my family. 
and come here with that circumstances when I had my daughter, we have, we have to spend about a good two years in the hospital, which I felt that all my hope was gone. What I was thinking I'm going to achieve, that my dream was to become a nurse and also go and pursue higher degree, like specialize in one of the nursing career or get a master degree after my BSc degree. So when I had Christine and I have to spend like about two years in the hospital, two consecutive years not living in and out but living in the hospital with her, I lose complete hope. But as a child of God, a voice came to me that you don't have to lose hope. You still have to get a chance that you can do whatever thing you have to do. And one of the doctors called us on the family conference and said that this has happened. You have to accept it. And you have to like embrace your dream. You have to get on with what you are playing in life. You have to build yourself up and move forward. So it was at that moment, it was like God speaking to us. So... We came home and we thought of it. I said, I think I have to like, fulfill my dream. That's part of what has happened. That's part of all the setback. I need to stay strong as a child of God to move forward. And when it happened, I thought of it. I said, I think I need to think about going back to school and obtain my degree. With all the circumstances, we just need to put things in place and work on it. And definitely, I did it with that confidence and getting back my expectation that getting back that hope that if I do this, it will work, it will work out for me. And when I planned it, I said, okay, God, I'm giving you this. I'm putting back my trust and hope in you again. I'm going to start my university degree. And I only want to spend that three years there. That's part of whatever family circumstances. And once I took back my hope, I took back that confidence with that expectation, I went through the university and I spent that exactly three years, even though it was very intense. And I got back my hope by achieving the BSc degree. So that's where when I lose that hope, I was able to regain hope and gain my degree. How good is that? How good is that? How good is God? Fantastic. All right. Next question is, if hope was in a human form, what characteristics would that person have in your view? As human, we are unpredictable sometimes. So I can really like... Place him on when it comes to hope where you're expecting something good. Because he must, we are good and sometimes we are bad. That's what I said in, in, in the beginning. We are human, we are unpredictable. And we can change at any time. So for me, where I will place him on is love. Yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. And last question is can you share with us a memory of joy at Christmas? Hi, Christmas Day. Bring me the memory of Christ coming into this world to die for us. And to share that joy with us. So even in my country, Christmas is a day set up to celebrate. And I see everyone celebrate and rejoice. That's where that love of God is shared. No matter if people don't go to church, those who don't go to church yearly, they all set aside Christmas and celebrate that love by giving, sharing. Like in my country, it's a very big festival that people share. They save throughout the year. And then just to like be able to identify with one another and share that love of God with one another. Well, thank like you very much. Can you give it up for Bain Lane? I want to pray. You can if we pray for you this week. Beautiful, Lord. 
Lotta, thank you for being Layla. I thank you that uh, she has the confidence to be able to speak what's happened in her life. But Lord, I just pray as she takes this next step, I pray that you protect not only her and Wallace, but her family um, as they step forward into this. Lord, I thank you that you continually keep on showing up in her life, even though hope, uh, hope sometimes turns into hopelessness. But Lord, I just thank you that you give her the vision that she's had uh, and the ability to be able to fulfill what you have placed in her life. Uh, I thank you for her, and we appreciate her. In Jesus' name, amen. So give it up for Bain Lane. My next guest, most of you will all know, is Max Trollhurst. So my first question is, how long have you been at this church for? Well, I started when I was about 10, um, we had a break in that. Yeah, I'm 11 now. Yeah, uh, I had um, I had a break um, when I was maybe 12. Uh, we moved away to the country, and then um, when I found my license to drive a car, I came down with some girlfriends and to a concert you guys had here, and then found my uh, original sweetheart was still here. And we've been here ever since. Oh. <laughs> Can I ask, I've, I've heard a little bit of a rumour that uh, before you left, you actually said to your original yeah. sweetheart, I'm going to come back and marry you. Out that side there. <laughs> so you did say that? Yeah, I, I don't even think I kissed her, but I said, I'm coming back, to, I'm coming back for you. And I did, well, through God's help anyway. Wow, how good's that? How good's that? So how old are you, Max? 68. 68, wow. And you've been uh, here in Penrith other than that little brief moment up at um, Wellington. Wellington. Yeah, you've been here for your whole life. Yep. Your heart cries out for Penrith. Yeah, this is my home. Wow, awesome. All right, so our five questions. What does hope mean to you, Max? I asked God before I stepped up here to speak through me and, and not my words only. Um, hope, and there's, I know of three teachers in this room right now, or there was three, um, so I have to be careful. I looked up hope, and hope is a noun, and also a verb. Is that right? I hope that's right. That's what I said. But for me also, hope is a glue. It's not tangible, if that's the right word, Steve. You can't actually grab it. You just long for it. You, you do something in hope of. Um, soldiers go to war and hope they will get home. I, I come from a motor mechanics point of view and you see people coming in with hope to buy a product off the shelf that will give their car more power. But... Um, and we always say, oh, hope you're well. There's all these comments that we make, you know, in hope we will do this. We use that sort of word, and I don't know that we actually understand it. We just use it in our daily lives. But as a Christian, you also have that same learnt word in your, in your Christian life. And forgive me when I, when I say that, I hope in Jesus Christ. 
Um, and, and, and we wouldn't be, we'd all have that hope that um, our hope is in Jesus Christ. Otherwise, what we've lived through has been very hurtful and, mis- and, and we all get hurt by people who lie in, into our lives. So my hope is in Jesus Christ. Fantastic. Next question is, has there been a moment in your life where hope was lost and can you share? Moment would be God's word for it because God's time. But mine would be approximately 40 years of um, knowing about God, getting achieving the things that people achieve, a wife, kids, a home, um, a very uh, short mortgage through a talented wife, um, um, going the wrong way, um, living in a church with people who don't actually understand why you don't trust God. You know, the things that hurt you, the young lady, young, young people today speak of being hurt and growing up. Words hurt people. You know, when you're told as a young person, because you're naughty, um, that you'll never amount to anything, you're a nobody. It took 40 plus years and people like Mari or anybody that I've spoken to, yourself, Perse, um, my wife, to, to get... I think life is a little bit... Sorry, I have to talk in pictures. Life is a little bit like a stone or an emerald or a jewel. It's built under pressure. And its beauty is in what it's gone through. And I'm not a, I'm actually, I was going to say I'm not something, but I'm a pearl because I've been born under irritation (laughs) and also pressure. And I am what God wants me to be. But I lost my way even though I came to, even though I was in a church. Because you make your own choices. And sometimes those choices are stronger because of what's driving you. you Thank you, Max. Next question is, in your life, have you experienced hopelessness turn into hope? Yes, I have. I wanted to to leave the church. I wanted to hurt the church. I wanted to destroy everything I had, and that included my marriage or anything, because I felt nobody loved me. You know, even though people say they love you, you don't, um, you don't feel it. People pat you on the back. That's the same as empty words. Um, but anyway, um, some people that are not here anymore um, urged me to go to an international Bible study. And I said, look, <laughs> I've been around church. I know what you guys are trying to do. Anyway, I gave up because they kept on talking and kept on bugging me. And, so, and I like study, even though I'm <laughs> not very good at it and would not make a teacher. Um, and I gave up and I went. And the third time I was there, here's a guy up at the front in a, uh, a pine-made pulpit, um, leaning on it, preaching down at us at John 3 and John 4. And I heard and saw... And I am not a person that puts their hands up in church. I'm, I, if I ever did that, I played drums. But that's the only time I put my hands up. Um, 
and I heard and saw this thing that said, take two thermos flasks of coffee, triangle sandwiches, and go and tell the ladies on the highway that you love them, that I love them, and, and I want you to have this love. And I just went, excuse me, shit. <laughs> and then I said, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Did you see that? Did anybody see it? Nobody saw it. That is when I changed my life. I didn't change, sorry. That's when my life changed. I had a purpose. Prior to that, I gained things. I didn't have big TVs or stuff or big cars or stuff, but I had everything I needed to, to you know, get every week done. I have a beautiful wife and forgiving wife, two kids. You know, I had, I had what you need to have. But now I had a purpose because prior to that I was saying, God, why don't you let me die? You know, I've been shot twice. I've been thrown off a train. I fell off a cliff. I've been in a fire as I've spoken to you about it. I stood in the fire and it didn't burn me. So what am I here for? Why don't you let me go? And then this came up. And 20 or 15, 18, whatever years ago it was, God put a team together that I think changed some, this church, changed my life. Um, you know, and it wasn't, it was through me, me, you know, somebody didn't care for themselves because nobody else did, except my wife. But, um, yeah, so God changed my life and it had nothing to do with my effort. And he put in my head um, how to do it, you know, where to go. And I had wonderful people join me, a fellow that's just died. Um, nurses, um, prison officers, many people in this church that had come out just because they believed in what I'd heard. I could have made it up, but it, I didn't. And it changed my life. So. Thank you, Max. Thank you. So if hope was in a human form, what characteristics would that person have in your view? Hope... For, in a human form, would be, you know, what I believe Jesus is. Someone I can sit with, someone I can walk with by quiet waters, that, that verse in the Bible, I, I just love that. that. That makes my soul feel relaxed or whatever. Um, yeah, someone you can share with, someone you can believe in, someone who says, this is it, and it really is. Somebody who knows... Um, Every answer, every every answer to every question you have, but then you've sat and talked with people. I'm not the only one who actually you you go, wow, that was awesome. I learned something, you know. And you hear a statement, oh wow, that's awesome. My hope, my Jesus, would be somebody that you could just say, oh, say it again, you know, things like that, or you could just not worry about eating because you can't have enough of this person. You want to be beside this person. They tell you the truth, which is the truth, not just to make you feel better. Fantastic. Thank you, Max. Last question. Can you share with us a memory of joy at Christmas? Yeah, I thought to go where everybody probably goes with young children, but I'll do one better, I think. I'll go with an old child. And I had the, the privilege to take people around and have a look at Christmas lights in the, in the bus. 
and um, we just went anywhere that we felt we could find stuff and look for advertisement. But and you see these people's faces as they get out of the bus and rush down to a house that welcomes them, and they look at all these wonderful, expensive um, light shows and stuff like that. And that was an unbelievable experience for me to look in the rear vision mirror and see these faces smiling. But the best time was when only two people came out. And it was sort of raining. And these, it's hard not to say two old girls, but these young people in God's eyes, <laughs> you know, they... <laughs> You just can't believe just how beautiful it was. The comments, the oohs, the ahs, the cuddles, the giggles that they were giving each other and right behind me in the bus. And, I, and, I, and it just felt so beautiful. And, um, and they were amazed at everything. But the funniest, most memorable thing was that these young people had never been past Panthers at night time. It was raining, and because of the Panthers' lights, the raindrops on the bus made the bus all glittery and gold, and you know it was all over the place. And they're going, "Oh, look at the Christmas lights and stuff like that," but this was just street lights, coloured by the Panthers' lights and the rain on the bus. And they were having the most amazing little child moments with each other. They hadn't, one of them hadn't even been across the Nepean River. You know, and I, and I joked with them and said, well, you're going to have to get a passport because, you, you know, you haven't been that far yet, you know. But these two beautiful people, that you have beautiful people in your lives, and one of them still comes, but it's not here today. And um, listen to, I beg you, listen to their stories because that's a jewel in your life. That's money in your pocket. That's not worldly. Please listen to everybody's story. Wow. Did you guys notice something there? The joy in Max's face, like his whole face changed when he was um, remembering what was happening in that bus. That's, that's fantastic. Can we pray for you? Yep. And then, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much for, for sharing. Lord, I thank you for Max's heart. I thank you for his life, even though he, he may not feel like he's worth it. Lord, I just pray that you come into him now and you let him realise your worth of him. Lord, I thank you for what he's going to do as he is a giant among men, as he listens to you for this next step. Lord, I thank you for what you've already done in his life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Give it up for Max. How good is that? Some of you guys that don't know, um, Max is actually doing Recharge next year, um, which is a, an opportunity for him to actually sit and, and be refuelled, and a lot of prayer needs to go into that, um, as, as Max is a little bit worried, but um, I, got to, I had the privilege of sitting with Max as he was about to have his interview, and um, it was phenomenal. So I'm, I'm thanking you from me. But I'm also thanking you uh, from the church for what you have done uh, and everything like that. Just listening. So give it up for Max again. 
So I had one more that was going to be coming up, but unfortunately she's not here. Uh, I'm hoping in the near, near, near future I can get her up and her, and everyone knows her as Rose. So she, I was on the phone to her yesterday uh, and she was really, really upset and she goes, I just want the church to know that it wasn't because you were interviewing me, it was because I just I, I just can't get there. And I was like, okay, that's fine, that's fine. But um, yeah, uh, I was really looking forward to hearing what Rose had to say. But I'm, I'm gathering that Rose was one of those in the in the bus. There we go. How good's that? How good's that? Um, I'm hoping that you saw a little bit of a different glimpse, a different way of looking at hope through the eyes of different people, uh, different backgrounds, and that's the thing. That's what I'm. Uh, I was hoping to be able to um, highlight today is that we all come from different backgrounds, but we serve the same God. We all come from different areas with different issues, different things. But it's where we get our hope from is what can sustain us into our next steps. If we get our hope from our own actions, then we are limiting the person who's actually created us. Just like I said last week, that, that, that statement that I was uh, trying to get across with is hope is the catalyst of not only our salvation, but our restoration. We have this opportunity to be able to step into a life that God wants us to have, not just, not just when we die and go to heaven, but now. If we place our hope in the right direction. So I'm hoping that was a little bit more of a highlight to you. I'm going to invite the worship band up. There's something small that I want to do. This is a celebration service. And I wanted to highlight something to you guys is that I had a Bible verse that I just wanted to... Yeah, you can take that back. I wanted to share with you guys. It's in 1 Corinthians. It says this, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of you are Jews, some of you are Gentiles, some of you are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptised into one into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. And it goes on. But the reason why I wanted to share that, and I'm hoping this, I'm having the same issues as Jimmy had, technical issues. What I'm wanting to do is I want to acknowledge so many people that actually step out and step up for the body of body of Christ here in Penrith. The things that they feel sometimes go unnoticed or unappreciated. Um, but the thing is, is that God sees you. God sees the work that you do for him. God sees what um, you have stepped out and the faith that you have stepped out in different ways, whether it be something small or whether it be something gigantic, whether it be something that you do each week or whether it be something that you do as a one-off. But there are so many things that make our church here in Penrith that glorifies the name of God's work. And it starts in so many different ways. We've got what we saw this morning, our, our young kids. But the leaders who, try, who, who come alongside those young kids, you've got your mainly music, you've got your, um, your little fishes, your power zone, your belong use. You've got the guys that do week in, week out the Bible studies, 
the leaders that sacrifice their time and volunteer their time. You've got the craft group that happens on a Thursday. You've got the admin stuff that happens um, of people off their own back. We've got, we've got the the, um, the pup barbecues that were happening uh, for many, many years to be able to service what happens within the community and what is going to happen within the community. We've got our services, our people that run our services. We've got the guys up the back there that are phenomenal and that make things tick over left, right and centre. We've got our worship, our musicians, our singers. We've got our, as I said before, our sound, lights and videos. We've got our setup of the, the whole day. We've got the cleaners that come in and clean. We've got the guys that do the meet and greet. We've got the communion talkers, your setups and your cleanups, your handouts. You've got your, the people that assist Peter Parbury to church each Sunday. We've got the people that drive the bus to pick up people. We've got um, randomly using your own car to pick up cheap people to come to church. We've got the setup and the service of morning tea. We've got the people that cook the morning tea. We've got people that um, do pastoral care visits off their own back. We've got the phone call care. We've got the card, people that write the cards and the letters. We've got the general pastoral care needs of the church family. We've got the new guys that have started the RSL life care. We've got the people that are involved in the prayer and healing ministry. We've got um, the church prayer gatherings and people that open up their homes for that. We've got the prayer chain management. We've got people that cover these people, the people that are yet to come, the people that are here, the people that have been here in prayer daily. We've got our Sunday service prayer, our general prayer for the church family. We've got, as I said, our weekly gatherings with our um, Bible study group leaders, a craft group, all the food and prep services for the events that we've had before. We've got people that take photos and videos in different ministries. We've got the general maintenance of the church, people stepping up in there. We've got all the new things that are being put into place, like the, uh, the TV up the back there. It's very talented people that do that. We've got the guys that put the um, projector up the back there to help out the worship team. We've got the day-to-day running of the Life Church, the financial management, our fantastic bookkeeper and treasurer. We've got our social media management and our website. We've got the people that put everything together there. We have so many different parts of the body that tend to go sometimes unnoticed. But I want to say from the leadership that I have a really big sense that I want you guys to feel acknowledged, one. But two, I want to say a massive thank you to everyone that steps up. Everyone that has the heart that actually wants to serve in, every, in any way, shape or form. And if you haven't had somebody say thank you, I'm saying that now. And you are appreciated, not just for what you do, but for who you are. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there was anything in this message that you would like to talk further about, please go to our website on www.cofcpenrith.org. www.cofcpenrith.org.